Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and today I'm going to focus on small business marketing planning. Whether you're planning to launch your first business or you've been operating your small business for many years, you need a marketing plan. It does not have to be complex, but it's critical that you have a plan that you revisit and revise periodically. It needs to be a living marketing plan. And so in this episode, I'm going to share a high-level process for creating and executing on an effective marketing plan for your small business. I've covered this topic many times on the How a Business podcast, and I thought it would be valuable since it's such an important topic to aggregate and summarize many of the lessons that I've learned and that have been shared with me by the many marketing experts who I've had the opportunity to interview on this show. To receive more information about the Howa business, including the links to the show notes page for this episode, all of the tools and other episodes I'm going to reference will be on the show notes page for this episode. And also, if you want to schedule a free coaching consultation with me, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 772-837-5700 or visit thehowabusiness.com. So I can't possibly cover every single detail of what goes into building an effective marketing plan in this episode, but I hope that what I've summarized here will at least get you started and pointed in the right direction. So let's start with, at a high level, why do you need a marketing plan? Well, it should be what drives most of the rest of your business. Your your plan for how you're going to attract new clients or customers should be obviously critical but most of us kind of just trudge through it or throw up some stuff or kind of take a mixed approach to, to what we do. There's no concerted effort, no focus, no planning. And as with anything in business, in my experience, if you'll at least put a preliminary or a high level plan together, it'll help you be that much more effective on executing with the limited resources that you have. And it's all about growing your business or if you're starting to get launched, to get off on the right start, to get to generating revenue as quickly as possible. And that entails, of course, attracting those customers that want what we have to offer as quickly as possible so that they they react and act on what we have to offer as quickly as possible. So it gives you focus Uh, particularly because as small business owners, as I said, we have limited resources, we have limited time, we have limited money in particular on what we can spend on. We simply don't have the resources as small business owners to spend marketing dollars everywhere, to take a shotgun approach to marketing. It's just not effective and we simply don't have the resources to even come close to making that approach effective. The other thing that it does that has done for me often as a small business owners, we get bombarded almost on a daily basis, it seems, with another opportunity to spend money on marketing and ad here, or do you wanna sponsor our team, or do you wanna place an ad in our local magazine, or whatever it might be, or you might be spending on an advertisement on Google or Facebook, all of these different possible ways that people have to help you part with your money to spend on marketing and advertising. And so if you have a plan, what I see and what has done for me is it helps me to stay focused and it helps me to make decisions that are according to my plan, that have some kind of method that are in alignment with what I'm trying to achieve and the type of customer or client that I'm trying to attract. 
So at a high level, what are some of the components of an effective marketing plan or, or where should I start? Of course, initially it's about you should have already understanding what your offering is. What is that product or service or combination that I'm offering? What is the pain that I help to address, the pain or the problem that I help to solve for my customer or my client? That obviously comes first. And ideally you've you've already developed that. But then the most important step, and I think where most small business owners fail, is they don't, they haven't taken the time or they haven't put in the effort, even after they've been operating for some time, to clearly define your target or ideal client or customer. Some people call it your avatar, but it's that that target market, that one or two different types of people, let's say, that you are targeting, that your product or service is best suited for. These are the people who have the pain or the problem that you help to solve or alleviate. That's your target avatar. It's not everybody in the world. It's a select number of people that can benefit from what you have to offer. And often what I see small business owners make the mistake of is we're going to try to appeal to everybody. And that ends up usually being a failure. So defining your ideal target client, or we'll call it avatar for the purposes of this conversation, it's more than basic demographic data, although that's important. Their age range, the sex, the education level, the income level, where they live, those types of things are important, but often that's where people stop. And really there's much more to understanding and then being able to target with your messaging that ideal avatar. It's more than just the typical demographics. So here are some of the things to consider as you're defining your target client, your avatar. Here, here's a, a really important one. Clearly be able to articulate from their perspective, in their words even, what is their pain or their problem? What is it that they need help with? What is it that they're looking for? Maybe if it's not a pain or a problem, maybe it's an entertainment. What is it that they're looking for? What is the benefit that they are seeking? What are their buying habits? How do they usually buy or consume the types of things that you have to offer, the service or the product that you offer? Where do they shop? Not just for your types of services and products, although that's important in that category or near that category, but where do they shop in general? Are they the type of, of avatar that who's going to buy your offering is the same customer that might shop at a high-end store, or are they a Walmart type shopper? And there's nothing wrong with either end. It's just a matter of understanding that your messaging and your marketing is going to be different depending on who that target avatar is. There are other things to think about. What do they believe in? What, what is it that motivates them? What, what is it that they're looking for beyond just the product that they're buying? Where do they listen? So where are they listening to either advertisement or the advice of others, perhaps? Where are they online? And this is a critical one because it'll help you make the decision later as to where you spend your effort and your money, particularly in the area of social media, because it's the wrong approach in my experience is to try to be on every platform. I don't think that's the right approach because again, we just don't have the resources or the time to do that effectively. So here's another great one that, that I like to define from that target avatars perspective, your target client or customer, 
what questions will they have about your product or your service? As they're deciding to buy from you, what questions in your experience, and at least initially, what do you think those questions will be that they will ask about you, maybe not directly of you, but they will want to get answered before they're ready to buy from you. So what are those questions? By defining that, you'll then be able to incorporate into your marketing message answers, or at least beginning to answer those questions, or at least you'll understand that at some point in the sales process, you're probably going to have to answer these questions or deal with these types of objections before that customer or client is going to buy from you. So defining your target market is the most important component of your marketing plan. If you do nothing else, this is the most important takeaway from this entire conversation and topic is defining your target market and then you go on from there to develop your marketing plan. I've had the pleasure of having Melissa Forziat on the show a couple of times as a guest. She is an entrepreneur, a marketing consultant, and an event planner, and the founder of Melissa Forziat Events and Marketing. And back on episode 155, the first time I had her on, we talked about marketing on a budget. I love all of the content that she creates because it's very focused on small business owners like myself with limited budgets, limited resources. Here's what she had to say back in episode 155 of The How of Business when I asked her about this importance of defining your target market. Yeah, you know, I'm really careful to be approachable with how I talk about marketing and to not, you know, get bogged down in too much jargon, but I don't think there's a way to get around the idea of a target market. I think it's important that every business owner understands it because if you're marketing and you don't know who your target market is, you're not making sales. You're not, you're not making money. You're not converting on it because the people that you're trying to tell your message to don't care. Right? So what it ultimately comes down to is your target markets, and you probably have more than one, are people or organizations, if you're selling B2B, people who ultimately would want to buy your product or service. Um, you know, people whose lives would be made materially better by having the thing that you are selling. It really can be boiled down to that. And ultimately, people usually have many different ones that they're serving within their business. So knowing who your offerings would appeal to is step number one, because if you can find those people and identify them, then you can get your message to them. If you can't, you can shout your message out with a bullhorn, but your the, the chance that you're going to be efficient in reaching the people that will buy your product or service is very low. So as Melissa Forziat articulates there in that clip from episode 155, it's so critical to define your target avatar. Now, she made a mention there of multiple or having different avatars. I do believe that at least initially as we're starting out with our business and we're focused and niched down, that you should ideally only have one or two avatars at most that you focus on. I understand that later on as you grow, as you expand, and expand into different offerings or different products that you then might have more avatars. But I encourage you, at least up front, initially in your business, to keep that very narrowly defined. I would encourage you that if you've got more than a couple of avatars, then maybe that's a sign that you haven't niched down, that you haven't focused narrowly enough to get started. So keep that in mind as well. 
So one of the, the worst things that can happen if we don't have a clearly defined target audience or avatar is then we rush into, we tend to rush into writing copy or writing a marketing piece, a flyer, content for a website, whatever collateral you might be creating. And it has a very convoluted message because you're trying to either speak to everybody or effectively nobody. Your messaging, your tone, the words that you use, the pain that you refer to, the benefits that you're going to try to articulate are to whom if you're not clear as to who your target customer or client is. On episode 360 of the How of Business podcast, I had an opportunity to chat with Kira Hug, and Kira is a conversation copywriter. She's an expert copywriter, has her own business, and one of the questions I asked her in that episode was about what do we what are we missing as it relates to copywriting? And she shared how important it is in answer to that question that we know our audience, our avatar, before we start either ourselves or hiring somebody like Kira to write your copy. Not just knowing your audience, but as she explains in this clip, understanding their level of awareness of you, your brand, and your solution. So listen to what Kira had to say on episode 360. What have you seen that you know, maybe we don't get or we need to know about copywriting? Yeah. So if I think about kind of just like the basics we need to know, any business owner needs to know about copywriting. Uh, it's knowing your audience, which sounds so, sounds so basic and obvious, but having a clear, very clear idea of your specific audience. Um, oftentimes business owners think that they serve everyone because they're so excited about what they're selling or the product. And maybe they can help a lot of people, but the key is to go more narrow than that and figure out who specifically is best suited to purchase whatever you have to offer. Uh, it's hard to write compelling messages if you're writing to everyone. So that's definitely part one is knowing your audience. And then I would say the second part is understanding levels of awareness of um, in order to write compelling marketing messages, you need to know how aware your audience is of you if you're the face of the brand or of your offer of your solution um, or of the pain point that you can alleviate. So it's hard to write a compelling message if we are not matching that level of awareness and we think they know our solution and they already know about everything that we've created, but it turns out that they may not have even heard of you and they may not have any idea of your solution. So you may have to do some education before you start selling. Um, but that's really the key is understanding how aware your prospects are of your offer and your solution. And then being very clear about the audience you're best suited to serve so that you can know your audience better than anybody and really speak to them clearly. So at the risk of beating this point to death, this is the most important takeaway from this episode. It's the most important thing as it relates to marketing or really your business. You can never know too much about your customer or your client. But let's move on now. The next step after you have that clear definition of who your avatar is, then you can start to define your value proposition or your marketing messages that are targeted to that specific avatar or target client. What are those messages? One of the things I like to do at this point, because you're ready now to do this, is to put together your elevator pitch, as a lot of people call them. It's your 30-second impression, or when someone asks you, what do you do at a cocktail party or in the elevator, hence where the name came from, you give your two, three sentences about what it is that you offer. What is the value proposition? 
And in crafting your elevator pitch, it really helps you to identify if you've got it down, meaning that you're able to explain your value proposition. You're able to articulate it and generate interest in it if it's the right person that you're sharing it with in just a few sentences. When you can do that, then you know your value proposition is, isn't too complicated and the people won't understand it. So if you're able to articulate it clearly in your elevator pitch, then I think you're at a point where you've really crafted the message. You really understand very targeted what it is that that messaging needs to be to get that person who hears the elevator pitch to say, that's interesting, tell me more. On the show notes page for this episode, I've got a couple of tools that are free downloads for you that will help you craft your elevator pitch when you're at that point. So I encourage you to go to the howofbusiness.com, the howofbusiness.com show notes page for this episode, and there you'll find two free tools to help you craft and then use your elevator pitch. Once you've got that messaging down, then one of the things I, I look to do next is to define what, what popularly is referred to as your marketing funnel. So what is the path? How will you generate leads? And how will you nurture those leads through the funnel? It's just a visual representation of how at the top of the funnel, at the widest point, we have all of these potential people that are our target audience that we're trying to attract their attention. And then how do we lead them through our funnel so that they end up buying our product and service? And of course, depending on what we're selling or the service that we're offering, it might take more time to nurture that person to develop trust with that potential client before they're going to buy something from us. So in defining that funnel, you're going to identify how you're going to generate leads. What are the marketing tactics that you're going to apply, whether it's advertisement or a certain type of promotion or showing up at a booth at a conference, whatever it might be for your particular business. How am I going to then capture those leads and nurture them? In other words, follow up with them or give them more information. In the case of retail, where maybe they're finding us online, then maybe part of the nurturing is what they're going to find out about you on your website or the reviews that they're going to read about your business on Google My Business. That might be the components of your funnel that you have to concentrate on. For other types of services, it might be a lead magnet, which is just a term for something that you offer to further educate that potential customer about what you offer. It might be a podcast episode, for example, or it might be a download document that explains your product or how it's used or a case study of how someone else has successfully solved a problem with your solution. So think about and draft out the customer journey is another way to say it and how they're going to flow from initially finding out about you and the marketing efforts that are going to help you do that all the way flowing through them becoming a customer. So this leads to, although it's not necessarily something that's part of the plan, although initially you need to plan for this, but Depending on the type of business you have, if it's about leads that you have to nurture and follow up with and provide more information, in other words, there's a sales process with an identified client, then you should have some sort of CRM system, a customer relationship management system, where you're tracking these opportunities, you're tracking the interactions that you have with these opportunities or that your sales team has with these opportunities so that you can methodically follow up nurture these leads 
and convert them into paying customers or clients. On a retail scenario, you must have a POS system. I think it's just something you can't live without. A POS system that includes, or maybe separately, some sort of loyalty or reward system so that you can start to track and reward your frequent customers and clients. But think of it also from a marketing perspective of getting to understand better and better what are their buying habits. It goes back to the point earlier about we can never know too much about our customers. This is Henry Lopez with a brief pause to share a special offer from our new show sponsor, GoSite. I have a question for you. Is your business engaging with customers online? You know your customers expect a seamless and easy digital experience, especially during the pandemic, but how can you actually make it happen? You are already working hard from sunup to sundown on your business. You don't have the time to build a website, manage online reviews, and get set up to accept online bookings and payments. But it's not impossible. With GoSite, you can move your entire operation online easily with everything you need to run your business in one place. GoSite provides an all-in-one online platform that makes it easier for your customers to find, book, and pay for your services. Just take Liz as an example. Her landscaping business gained over $260,000 in online sales from new customers in, in their local area and used GoSite to make it easier for their existing customers to pay and book their services online. Check out the all-in-one platform from GoSite that makes it easier for your customers to find, book, and pay for your services online instantly. Best of all, you don't need any technical experience to get started. Go to gosite.com forward slash podcast to get started for free. That's gosite.com slash podcast to get started today for free. So let's move on to executing, executing on our, on our plan. So one of the key components now is now that I understand who my target audience is, I've defined the customer journey or the funnel, my marketing funnel that's going to take them from hearing about me, understanding and trusting me, and eventually buying from me or my business. I've got that defined. How am I going to start to execute? Well, one of the key components, of course, is where am I going to spend my money on? What types of marketing activities? What type of advertisement? So that should be dictated almost exclusively by those questions that you answered earlier about where is my target customer listening? Where are they responding? Where are they looking for these types of products or services like the ones that I offer? If I am appealing to a high-end real estate client, for example, well, then I might advertise in the high-end local community magazine that has that same level of prestige and attracts the same audience that might be in the market for a higher-end home, let's say, as an example. Then, of course, there's social media, and that's that's the one that I think confuses most people, and so I see one of two things. Either you're completely paralyzed because you don't know where to start, or you're trying to be everywhere, and that's equally ineffective. So going back to where and identifying where that ideal target customer is listening should help you identify, are they on Facebook or maybe are they on Instagram? Are they, is it B2B? And so maybe LinkedIn is the better platform for what you have to offer. Make that determination 
And my personal recommendation and approach has always been that at least when you get started, try to target just one or two social media platforms. Don't try to be everywhere. There will be people trying to sell you services and again, trying to get you to part with your money that will tell you that you need to be everywhere. I don't agree with that. That hasn't been my experience. And I think that you'll find that most experts really, if they're looking out for your best interest, will also advise to stay very narrowly focused initially because you can't effectively be on every platform. Where does that customer ideally get this type of information that'll lead them to be interested in your product and service and focus there? What is your business best suited for? Now, I've talked about many times on this show, one of my businesses is a frozen frozen desserts restaurant in Colorado. And so Facebook has been a great platform because I'm appealing to families of all ages and it's a great platform for people to share their images and their experiences. Pinterest might also be a great platform for that type of business because it's very visual. People like to share those images. On LinkedIn, maybe that's not a great platform for my business necessarily. So I've narrowed my focus so my effort is, uh, is the most effective possible and the amount I might pay, let's say, on ads is narrowly focused as well. Key component to your marketing plan is your marketing budget and execution plan. How much am I going to spend and on what types of advertising or marketing am I going to spend them on specifically? What I like to do is put together a spreadsheet and then I monitor as we're progressing through the year to see how we're performing to that budget. I set a specific dollar budget to my marketing plan. Now, how much should that be? Well, there's all kinds of opinions on this. You know, the SBA's rule of thumb is anywhere between seven and 8% of your target revenues is probably a good range for a small business. My rule of thumb is anywhere between five and 10% of your target revenues. Now your target revenues are important. In other words, if last year I did $100,000 in revenue, but now I'm projecting to increase that by 10% in 2021, so I think the math on that is 110,000, then I'm gonna take, let's say 5% of that, and that's my budget for the year. I'll break it up into quarterly chunks and then plan my budgeting spend, or my, my marketing spend rather, based on that budget. Now, uh, when you're starting your business, you need to spend more than that. So you'll have your that rule of thumb of between a five to 10%, but then depending on your business, depending on your separate budget for launching your business, you're gonna have a separate bigger chunk up front to, to pay for things like your initial launch, your, your grand opening events, those initial marketing events. So that's separate from what I'm talking about here. And in addition to this ongoing marketing budget. So that is probably the second most powerful thing, in my opinion, about what we're going to talk about here in this episode, after defining your target audience, is having a budget. Again, it doesn't have to be a very complicated thing. Put it in a spreadsheet. But that then helps you with keeping you focused. One of the biggest challenges, again, when we don't have a plan, is we then up, end up then reacting being reactive to marketing opportunities. Somebody walks into our place of business and convinces us that we need to place an ad in their particular publication. And there goes $500. And it doesn't seem like much, but it adds up and it may not even be where I should be advertising because maybe my target audience isn't even looking at that kind of publication. 
But even if they are, it's a, it's also an easier way for you to say no to all of these requests for some of your money to advertise on all of these different platforms that exist out there. So it keeps you disciplined to make sure that you are careful and judicious with the money that you do spend on marketing and advertising your business. Now, one of the other big challenges that we face as small business owners is that the landscape of marketing, heck, the, the landscape for business is always changing and shifting on us. You know, what might've been effective last year from a marketing perspective may not be as effective this year. I wanna go back to Melissa Forziat. Again, she was one of my guests, she's been on the show twice, an expert on small business marketing. And here's what she had to say about that and how to look at the seemingly ever-changing landscape of marketing for small business owners. Even though you're not looking for a simple yes as an answer to the question of are things changing and evolving with marketing, the answer is yes. And our responsibility, the moral of the story as business owners is that we need to be evaluating what's happening. Yeah. You know, whatever you're doing to get your business out there to get your brand out there and to connect it with people it's not enough just to do it it's important that you find ways to track what's working for you and sometimes that's hard to do sometimes there are things that we do that are strictly for brand awareness and mm -hmm. it's hard to gauge what's working but we have to look for any ways that we can measure things because you will start to see trends. You'll start to see when something becomes less relevant. And then the important thing is to pay attention to that information. What yeah. else can you try? You know, so instead of saying like this particular way of marketing isn't working for everybody, I think it's better as a business owner to look at what you're doing and say, is this as impactful as it was last year? And if the answer is no, how can you start to pivot or change what you're doing there to make it work better? So the idea of marketing and your marketing plan is it's not set it once and then forget it. It's not think about it once and then go on about your business. It's a living document, a marketing plan, if it's going to be effective. And you're continuously evaluating what's working, what's not working. Now let's move on to a few other components of your marketing efforts and plan we touched on the need for a website, and this is a topic that, again, we've covered a lot on this show, and I find very surprisingly that a vast number of small business owners don't have a website, or if they have one, it's not serving them really well. We've partnered, I've partnered with Adam Kirk at Ustas. He's been on the show multiple times, and you can find the link to those episodes on the show notes page to this episode. We've talked about websites and I've partnered with Adam to offer my listeners a special offer on a new website. So for well under $1,000, you can get a custom website that looks great, that's professional, that looks great on a mobile phone, and that'll get you started so that you put forth the right image, especially if that's one of the ways that your prospective customers are going to evaluate you and make a decision as to whether they're gonna buy from you. So if you don't have a website, or if you're starting your business now and you need a website, I encourage you to take a look at that offer. It's a trusted partner of ours is Usta and Adam. They do a great job. They've served many of my clients. So I know that it's a place that you can go, not spend thousands of dollars on a website like I see a lot of small business owners do, and you'll get what you need. 
Now you'll be at that point in the process here because now that you know who you're speaking to, you've got your marketing messages, you know what the value proposition is. Now is the time if you don't have it now to either start fresh with the new website or to get a website up so that it's serving you as your customers and prospective clients are validating and vetting you and deciding if they're going to do business with you. Related to your website is a Google My Business page. Now this is free. Everybody has access to this. I'm not gonna get into all of the details of that because it can be fairly complicated and I'm going to be doing an episode soon with Adam from Ustas to talk more about some best practices related to a Google My Business page. Suffice it to say that if you at all are being found online, if that's at all part of your customer journey, part of your marketing funnel, then you need to put together or establish your Google My Business page and be sure to, to update it and add content to it just like you would your website. Another tool that I have found to be incredibly effective and that I've shared with many of my clients is a tool and approach and even a book written by Alan Dibb. And Alan Dibb was a, a guest on the podcast back on episode 199 where he shared his approach to what he calls a one-page marketing plan. He's written a book, there's a form, there's all kinds of downloads on his website, and I'll include a link to that episode and also to his content on the show notes page for this episode. It's a great tool because it's, it's simple yet effective. On one page, very concise, without trying to be overly elaborate or write a bunch of words that no one's ever going to read, he walks you through on this one page the, the nine components of an effective marketing plan. So I think it's a great way to get started and even on an ongoing basis to keep you focused on the critical components of an effective marketing plan for a small business. And what this also leads to and points to is that marketing doesn't and shouldn't be complex. And Alan spoke to that in my conversation with him on that episode. And here's a clip I want you to listen to to get his perspective on why marketing does not and should not be complex. You know, I'm from a small business background. I'm not from academia. I, I don't have a PhD or an MBA or any of those things. So by necessity, it needed to be simple. So, and fortunately, the fundamentals of marketing are simple. You know, I think where a lot of people go wrong, they kind of follow the bright, shiny object syndrome or they, they try to overcomplicate it. And that's really not necessary. It, it really is good marketing really is simple. It definitely is simple. But what's not so easy is to actually put in the effort and the analysis and the research to create this plan and then to use it, to use it as a tool that guides your decisions as it relates to marketing and advertisement. As far as frequency, certainly I recommend that initially as you're planning to launch your business, if that's where you're at, that you create your first version of a marketing plan and then that you review that plan at least quarterly. A component of it, the budget for your marketing and advertisement spend, you should be updating and reviewing that on a monthly basis and making sure you're on track for where your money is going, where you're spending your money in alignment with the, the activities and the strategies that you have covered in your marketing plan. So review it on a quarterly basis and then once a year as part of your annual planning for the coming year, I think you do a deeper dive and making adjustments on how it's gonna support your activities and your growth for that next year. 
So I've mentioned a lot of resources, a lot of other episodes of the How of Business. I've released numerous episodes on the topic of marketing. I've covered just a few of them here in this episode. You'll find links to all of those episodes on the show notes page to this episode at thehowofbusiness.com, as well as all of the resources that I mentioned, the downloads for the elevator pitch tool, links to all of Alan Dibb's content for the one-page marketing plan, and that special offer for a website from my partner, Adam Kirk at Ustas. So all of that, all of those tools and resources and offers will be on the show notes page at thehowofbusiness.com. So let me begin to wrap it up. For me, the key takeaway here that I would like you to take from this episode is that all small businesses need a marketing plan. It does not have to be very complicated or elaborate, but you do need a plan. It starts with having a clear understanding of your target customer or client. You can never know too much about your ideal avatar. Having a plan then helps to keep you focused so you get the most from your limited resources and to help you launch and grow your business. I want to share with you another clip from my conversation with Alan Dibb about his philosophy about a 10% improvement in the impact. The impact that just making a small improvement on your marketing plan and efforts and the impact that that can have on your business. Listen to what Alan had to say about that. It's interesting, Henry. A lot, a lot of people ask, you know, well, why do we work on marketing first? Why don't we work on other other areas of the business first? And my answer to that is because that's the area that gives us the most leverage. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is, like, if we get 10% better at negotiation or we get 10% better at, you know, uh, manufacturing or delivering whatever product or service you're selling, well, that's great. And that usually has an incremental effect. So so if you get 10% better, you probably get about a 10% um, better output or better result. Uh, whereas if you get 10% better at marketing, that can have an exponential effect that can add mm-hmm. millions of dollars to your bottom line that can absolutely transform your business because uh, the input is not is so much less than the output. So getting 10% better can have an absolutely exponential effect, sometimes getting 1% better. So it's a real leverage point in any business. And that's why I like to start people off in marketing. It's not that, you know, it's not worthwhile working on other parts of your business. It absolutely is. It's very, very important to work on every part of your business. But marketing is the master skill of business, being able to get people in the door uh, stimulating your cash flow, being able to uh, s- service new clients. That's super, super important. And that can have a v- very much a leveraged effect on your business if you do that right. Arguably then, your marketing plan is your most important plan for the success of your small business. Remember, you can't reach everybody. If you try to be everything to everybody, you will fail. Instead, find your niche, your target market, and focus on reaching those potential clients and customers. Execute your plan, but adjust it periodically, just as your business requires that sometimes you adjust or pivot. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this special episode of The How of Business. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.